0: Can we give it up for Jesus this morning? I said, can we give it up for Jesus this morning? Yeah. Yeah. How many of y'all stayed up till midnight? Show of hands. Yeah. You know, there comes a time where you get to a certain age where it's hit or miss, right? Like, and uh, I, I stayed up till midnight. And so I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, cause I don't know if you know this or not, but I am, I'm not a night owl. Um, I, when I was younger, I used to put myself to bed. My mom didn't have to tell me to go to bed. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was me. That was me, but I made it. And so, man, I'm excited to be with y'all today. I know I brought my notepads up here, but I don't even really think I need them because when you come to a place and you feel like preaching from a place of weakness and, and struggle from where you've been, it's just in you. And so, uh, and so obviously today being the first day of the new year, um, what do you guys think we're going to talk about? Vision. It just makes sense, right? You're like, everybody talks about vision. It's the first day of the year. Um, but I, I realize this one thing that, that there's two different types of people in here. And there's people in here who you've probably already written down your New Year's resolutions, right? You've written down your goals. And, uh, and, and, and you're the same type of people who also just checked off all the goals that you accomplished for this year. And then there's the rest of us. There's the rest of us, because I'm not going to lie. I don't write down goals. I don't write down New Year's resolutions. I, I don't like setting myself up for failure. And so uh, I am that person that, you know, a month in, I've already stopped. I've had too many excuses as to why I couldn't accomplish them goals. Uh, and so the best thing I can do is put people around me to challenge me um, and really push me, uh, because I am really great at... Uh, counting myself out sometimes. Uh, and, and so some of you, you're going to go to the gym, and, and you're going to be there for a few weeks, and, and uh, then you're going to quit. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, I'm right there with you. Don't even trip. We're, we're in the same boat, okay? We're in the same boat. But uh, I'm excited because I don't just want to talk about vision today. Um, I want to talk about being able to see again. That, that, that there are things that happen throughout our year where maybe we start strong and, 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 and we start going after the things of God, but something comes along and takes our vision. And so it's not enough just to talk about vision. Uh, I want to go a little further and talk about what it is in your life that has taken your vision. What is it that has caused you to turn away from the things God has placed in you? And so we're gonna go ahead and dive into that and uh, one thing that I really want us to focus on is this. How many of you guys bowl? You guys good bowlers in here? Yeah, I'm not, I, I, bowling's one of those things where I, like, I know like, there are people who are really good. And like, I had a buddy uh, that I worked with and he was like, I'm in the bowling hall of fame. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, that's a legit thing, just in case you are wondering. Um, but but I, I'm the type of dude that like, if there's bumpers I'm good. Right? Like, like I'm not a bowler. I'm not going to knock all the pins down. But when we talk about vision, it's being able to see those pins knocked down and the method to do it is how you bowl. That when we see something in life, that's one thing, right? Like everybody here at their job, you have a hopefully a vision and mission statement for your job there. There is a vision that your job wants to see happen. And the way you do that is through the mission. That this church, we have a vision statement and a mission, our vision and mission for what we want to see and how we're going to get there. And so today I want to reevaluate and look at not just the vision for the year, because all of us, we have goals and we have ambitions that we want to do for the year, which is great. I'm not knocking that, but I feel like it's so small in comparison to the vision we should have for our life. That is one thing to say, this is what I want to accomplish by the end of 2023. It's a whole nother thing to say, this is what I want to accomplish by the time I'm done here on this earth. And so vision, great. Those things are phenomenal. But I want to take it a step deeper. And so when we talk about vision, one thing I realized, even as I was reading and thinking, is that vision, oftentimes like faith, is twofold. It's one thing to have vision and see where you want to end up. But before we have that, we have to have vision and see who Jesus really is. Like, Like faith is twofold in the fact that I have to have faith in God and then faith for something. That when I have faith in God, my faith in God will activate my faith for the need that I need met. When we have vision, I have to have vision to see God more clearly for who he is And then be motivated by that to live my life in the way God's called me to live. When I think about that in scripture, I think about Joseph. Joseph had a vision from God. But you know what Joseph didn't know? He didn't know what the next season would bring. He didn't know what the next month would bring. All he knew is this is my vision that God has given me. And as long as I stick with God and see my vision come to pass. So, so when, when, when he was thrown in prison, that didn't deter him. When he was sold into slavery, that didn't deter him. And when you keep the vision in your heart and you know, this is what God's given me. We can be able to handle different things that come our way, even when it's hard. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab your Bibles this morning. Cause it's pointless for me to be up here. If we're not going to read our Bible and talk about Jesus. And so when we talk about vision, we want to talk about it in two parts. We want to talk about how we see God. How do we see God more clearly for who he is and how does that motivate me to live out the vision and calling that he's placed on my life? In Hebrews 12 verses, 12 verses one, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us. And persevere persevere in running the race, that's life, that lies before us while keeping our eyes, that's vision, fixed on Jesus. The writer of Hebrews likens our life to a race. That as we're running this life, this race in life, that our eyes are continually fixed on Jesus. That as we see Jesus, we're motivated to live our life in a way that he exemplified all those years ago. And that we can read about. That when we go to work, we'll be loving like Jesus was loving. Even when it's hard. But that we will keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these brief few moments we share here today. I pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our hearts. That we would see again. That we wouldn't be deterred. We wouldn't be so hurt and beat down by things that happen, but that we could rely on you. That as we keep our eyes on you, it doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. It doesn't mean we're just going to make it through just nice and simple. But Lord, we can lean on you in those difficult times. And everybody who loved them said, amen. So this morning, before we go to the text that we're going to really be planted in, um, I'm going to give you a little backstory to, to, to the place that we're going to be reading about Uh, Many of you heard about it as Jericho, a place named Jericho. Remember, many of us remember the Old Testament, Jericho, where they walked around the walls and and the walls fell down and and God gave Joshua the city. Well, here in the New Testament, this city was about 17 miles away from Jerusalem. It was um, a place you had to go through to get to Jerusalem. And one of the stories that sticks out to me about this is Jesus now, as we enter into our story, he's leaving Jericho after being there. Um, There's a man by the name of Zacchaeus. How many of y'all remember Zacchaeus, the short man who couldn't see over the crowd? And so in order to see Jesus more clearly, he had to get to a different place. And so he climbs a sycamore tree, and and Jesus stops and calls him out of that tree and calls Zacchaeus. And Jesus does what he does best and invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. How many of y'all like that? You you invite yourself over to somebody's house. You ain't waiting for no invitation. And he invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. And, And it's amazing because... The time that Jesus spends with Zacchaeus in that day gives him a change of heart. <laughs> that if you know Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was somebody who was not liked by the Jews, not liked by his own people because he would cheat his people out of their money. And so they had a, a real disgust for him. He, he was seen worse than those who were afflicted or like he was the worst of the worst. And people would be surprised that Jesus would come to his home. And Jesus would say this, he would say, I came to seek and save that which is lost, that I came to seek and save those who are lost. And so his life would be forever changed as Zacchaeus would make a promise that he would pay back what he stole. Because one moment with Jesus can change everything. One moment with Jesus can change everything. And so I say that to say this, regardless of what you came in here with this morning and what you had to step over to get here, what you had to leave in 2022 to get here. I'm telling you, Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. And he wants not only to invite himself into your home, he wants to invite himself into your heart. But he won't kick the door open. And so when we pick up in Mark chapter 10, Jesus is now leaving Jericho, headed toward Jerusalem. And it says this in verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. let me recover my sight. In other words, I want to see again. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. I don't know about you, but there's a lot that I can identify with in this passage. That as we leave 2022, and, and if I can just be real and authentic with you this morning, there were, there were parts of 2022 towards the end of the year where I felt like Bartimaeus. Sitting on, on the long side of the road as everybody else seemed like they were accomplishing their goals, living their life, doing what God called them to do. I'm just sitting there on the side of the road. And I have a strange suspicion this morning that I'm not the only one. that we found ourselves sitting in a place trying to celebrate people. You know how hard it is to celebrate people when you're sitting on the roadside? You're sitting on the sidelines of life and everybody else seems like they're accomplishing things that God has placed in their heart, accomplishing the vision that God has placed in them, not marking off their goals, and you're just, we're just sitting there on the sideline of life. And we say things like, I ain't jealous. You jealous, bro. It don't bother me. It bothers you. Why? Because we're human, and we're sitting there on the sidelines of life. Everybody else is doing what they set out to do. They're accomplishing their goals, and we have this record player of excuses in our mind as to why we can't. And the pastor tells us read our Bible, and we read our Bible, and we fall asleep because the Bible bores because it's just not coming alive to us. I'm being real. Is that not the reality that we live in? We can come in here and act like we read the Bible. we read through the Bible 10 times but the reality is is we go through certain situations in life that keep our focus and our attention off of Jesus. They keep us sidelined. They keep us on the roadside watching everyone else. And we feel like, God, where are you at? What happens to the vision? I want to see again. I want to see again. I don't know what it is that's taking your vision this morning and the reality is this is regardless of whether you live with a vision or not because there are people who you've never lived with a vision you're just surviving you're just existing and then there are those of you who you had a vision and your vision was taken from you and the reality is is regardless of which one you are you're sitting in here today and there is no vision so no matter what it is You still want, you need a vision. And I believe wholeheartedly this morning that God is saying, I'm going to give you vision. But before I give you a vision for your life, I'm going to give you a vision to see me rightly. Mm. See me for who I am. It doesn't mean that life's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through struggle. But when you do, you can keep your eyes fixed on me. That when you run this race and you start to slow down, and you start to get off course, I'm going to be there. So keep your eyes fixed on me. Keep your eyes fixed on me. I love this text um, for, for multiple reasons, multiple reasons, really. That as I see Bartimaeus, because you have to understand this, when we, when we read the text, when we read the Bible, you have to understand that there are different things going on, going, around, going on during the text. That as Jesus is walking down this road and Bartimaeus hears Jesus because he can't see that he's not the only one there. That along this road, there will be other people begging, other people in different conditions. That, that, that though he may not be able to see, there are people there that can't walk. There are people there that can't hear. There are people there who are afflicted in different ways. But there's only one person that the text talks about. All these other people in their condition, but only one is calling out to Jesus. And as you read this text, one of the first things he does is he hears Jesus coming. I can't see, but I can hear Jesus coming. I can hear somebody. I can hear a noise. I can hear something that prompts me and moves me to ask, who is that? Who's coming? Why is all that noise? And so here's the reality that you and I live in is because I spent the last part of my year complaining about things I didn't have and why I couldn't do things, because that's what we do, that's human, right? I'm complaining about things I couldn't do, things I couldn't have, things I wish I would have done, instead of using what I had. I can't serve God the way I want to serve God because of what I don't have. In Exodus chapter 4, and sorry if I'm jumping around, but it's all going to make sense. Exodus chapter 4, Moses is having a conversation with God. And he says, God, what if these people that you've called me to free don't, don't come with me? What if, what if they don't do it? And God says, what's in your hand? God, what if I do and say what you tell me to say, but they don't come? And he says, Moses, what is in your hand? What is it you already got that I've already given you? You're complaining about what you don't have, and I see what you do. What is it that God has given us that we're just pushing to the side because it doesn't, it seems like it would be useless. What has God put in your hands? About a month ago, I was walking through my kitchen and my daughter was making food and I smiled. I didn't say anything to her. She was making hot dogs. And I laughed because we didn't have no hot dog buns. We didn't have no hot dog buns. And I looked over her shoulder and I see what she was going to use, she used white bread. And I laughed because it just brought back memories, because so I'm like, you know, we didn't complain about what we didn't have. You found what you needed. Ours wasn't white bread. For some reason my mom only bought wheat, but we used what we had. It's just, it's just moments like that you get proud and you're like, that's right, she's going to be all right. And I took, I took my oldest, uh, or my, excuse me, four of my kids, we were driving, we were coming back from Panda Express, and my youngest, you know, when you have the youngest child and they don't like to eat, um, they'll take a few, <laughs> <laughs> few bites, they full, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She said, I'm going to throw it away. <laughs> and my oldest, Mariana, she said, no, you ain't. I said, that's right. I, I just let things play out. You know, if you have kids, just let them play out, see what happens. And uh, she said, no, you ain't. She said, you're going to give that right here. She said, because all the leftovers y'all put in the fridge, I come home from school and the first place I go to that refrigerator and I see what's in there and I fry it up and I eat it. I said, girl, you better go ahead. You better go ahead. See, in other words, she said, I don't need to eat out all the time. I don't need to rely on that. I'm going to eat what I got. I'm going to use what I got. I'm going to do what I need to do to fulfill the hunger that's in me and I'm going to use what is there. I said, man, I think we can take a page out of that book. What would our life look like if we stopped complaining and started using what it is God's put in you? Because one thing I realize is, is God a lot of the time will call us to the place of our weakness and show us how he can use it in his strength. What is it that you're complaining about that you think won't work? And God is saying, that's exactly why I chose you. Moses, you can't talk good. That's right. That's why I gave you a staff. What is it? David, you're the youngest in your family. That's cool. I'm going to have you slay a giant just so I can show you what I could do through you. Because when you have vision to see me rightly, it will motivate and wake something up in you to live a life where what looks like obstacles and things getting in your way will actually be stepping stones to where God wants you to be. What is it? What is it? You know, in school, you always used to see these guys like the worst thing that could happen in school was if your belt broke. Right. Like in the middle of school day, the belt breaks off and. But you use what you had. And so I see dudes take laces out their shoes. And I know some of y'all can't you can't relate because that's that's too ghetto. Y'all can't relate with that. But I'm trying to tell you when, when you when you use what you got, when you use what you got, I'm telling you, it's a game changer for your life. It's a game changer for your life. And so Bartimaeus is sitting there on the side of the road and he said, I hear somebody who is it? And when he hears it's Jesus, yeah. something awakens in him, something awakens in him. And he says, I'm not going to be stuck here anymore. I need to do something. I need to do something. I may not be able to see, but I can hear. I may not be able to see, but I can use my voice. I may not be able to see, but I can use my legs. He stopped focusing on what he didn't have and realized what it is God gave him. What is it that God gave you? And the first thing he does is he calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And the first thing the people do, and I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this because I want to hurt a little bit. I want to hurt you just a little bit because we're all in here. Those who you call call yourself Jesus followers, I want this to hurt a little bit because sometimes we we put our own ideas and thoughts into the text to make ourselves feel better about the text. But the reality is, is people who are following Jesus are the ones that told them to be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Christian tells him, be quiet. The Jesus follower tells him, be quiet. The people who are there because they just need something from him, but don't really want to follow him, tell him to be quiet. I'm casting a wide net this morning. Yeah. A wide net. I'm going to hit every single one of y'all. Yeah. They tell him to be quiet. And in my head, my thought was this. He should have been quiet. He should have been quiet. Why? Why? Because when the people you depend on for their generosity tell you to be quiet, you should do what they say. Unless, unless you get to a place where you get so sick and tired of being on the side of the road and begging. Where you say, I don't want to be like everybody else. There's other writers who, 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 other gospel writers who actually say that there was a man with him but Jesus only healed one until you get to a place where you say, I'm so sick and tired of depending on people to get me what I need to survive and not thrive. Because the reality is this, when you catch this, if Jesus fixes his sight, Jesus fixes his life. When Jesus fixes his sight, I no longer have to depend on things and depend on people and how they feel at the moment. When Jesus fixes my sight, he fixes my life. And I can get up and do what I can do for myself and I have to depend on you. When Jesus fixes his sight, he fixes his life. I no longer have to be a sideline cheerleader acting like I'm happy for everybody else. And I know I'm not, right. I don't have to sit on the side of the road like everybody else begging, waiting, hoping I can go from surviving to thriving. But there are some things that will be in my way and I'm gonna cover these three things real quick. The first thing is this, because we always have obstacles to our faith. Whether you believe it or not, we do. There are things that get in the way of our faith. And the first thing I want to give to you this morning is our condition. See, the problem with our condition, the problem with the way you live, is you get comfortable in the way you live. And so when anybody comes and rocks the boat of your life, you begin to question everything. You try to hold on tight. And the reality is this, is the longer you live in something, the more comfortable you get with it. And so when God says, I want to get rid of that in your life, you hold on for dear life because you're used to it. That's the problem with living this faith is you get used to things that God calls you to give up. You get used to things and God says, I need, I need I need to take that from you because if I don't, you're going to count on that more than you count on me. You're going to get used to begging. Other people for things that I promise to meet. I promise to meet your needs. Why are you begging them for that? And we get comfortable doing that. We're comfortable. The second thing, our timing. You want to know what really stops people from experiencing the move of God? They give up too quick. Our timing. The woman with the issue of blood, she struggled with the issue of blood for 12 years, seeing different physicians, different doctors. But when she saw Jesus, when she saw Jesus, the man who couldn't walk at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years, he was laying there. 38 years. You're whining about 38 hours. 38 years, you're complaining about a year. You're complaining about 10 minutes. In in a culture where you can have things at that exact minute, you're complaining because you don't like waiting. What's the obstacle of your faith? Your timing. Your timing. Imagine this. Imagine if they tell this man to be quiet and he doesn't say anything else. Imagine that. Bartimaeus, shut up. And he's like, all right. All right. Timing. His timing. The thing about this text, we don't know, honestly, if Bartimaeus was born blind or or something in his life took his sight. But that's irrelevant at this moment. Because he has to come to a place where he realizes, if I don't do something now, I'll never know if I would have been able to see our timing. That's an obstacle to our faith. An obstacle to our faith, our timing. I'm pretty sure my wife talked about this before, but before we bought uh, our house that we're obviously in now, um, I, was, I was on the, on the brink of, of giving up. We had looked for over like a year and a half. I was done. I was done and I feel like God does this all the time to me because if, if you know anything about like, like I can get up here and I can preach, but guess what? There are times where I'm faithless, just like you, or you realize, I don't know if this is ever going to happen and I was having one of those fits. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I said, let's take a break, which means I quit. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> um, and, and we'll look again some other time. Why? Because I, I, I wanted it now. I wanted it now. And I got to a place where I got so comfortable with where we were that I was okay with staying there. You get so comfortable and you realize God's timing. And when it all comes to fruition and it happens and you're like, like, I'm still dumbfounded to this day. Like, I'm like, oh my, like, I I think about how everything played out. And you're like, that's why God did that. That's why God did that. Because if he did it when I wanted it, he would be nothing more than a genie where I could just wish things had happened and they'd happen. But when we're on his timing, because he's outside of it, he can work all things together for the good. So you can look back and say, I was an idiot. God, you are good. If you would have gave me what I wanted, it would have destroyed me when you gave it to me. Our timing. That's an obstacle of your faith. What are you waiting for and believing God for? And you're upset, you're frustrated, you're mad at God because you don't have it now. What is it? And I pray you don't get it now. I pray you get it when God gives it to you because if you get it now, it will destroy you. If you get it now, some of you will figure it about God when you get it. if we want vision for our life, not just vision for the year, we have to understand that things come at his timing, not our own, his timing, not our own. And if I could get somebody up on the keys for the last obstacle of our faith. And this one's a hard one. It's a hard one. The last obstacle of our faith is other people's opinions. Who in your life thinks, they can live their life for you. They have all the advice for you and how you should live and what you should and should not do. Now, don't get me wrong. Advice is great. And having the right people around you is smart and important. But there are some voices you got in your life that you really don't need. The man cries out to Jesus and the people who should have walked into Jesus are the ones telling them to be quiet. Competing voices in your life Their opinions and what you should and should not do. What is it? What is it? Who is it? They tell the man, be quiet. Stop talking. He's doing more important things right now. See, because some people like you dependent on them. They like you dependent on them. They don't want you to get free. They're so used to you being where you are and they prefer it. But I need some people in here this morning who say, I'm fed up with being where I was. I'm fed up with just being on the side of this road begging in 2022. 2023, I'm going to get up. 2023, when they tell me to be quiet, I'm going to keep talking, I'm going to keep calling. I'm tired of being on the sidelines of life, applauding everyone else. When God says, no, I I, I promise to me every need you had. Every need you had. And I want some people who are stubborn enough. I'm telling you, there's nothing like spiritual stubbornness that'll wake you up. I'm telling you, it'll get you to where God's called you to be. Who are tired, depending on everybody else to get what they need when Jesus is just right there, who will say, you know what? I might not be able to see, but I'm gonna use what I got. I need some people who will say, you know what? In 2022, I was so focused on what I didn't have and it robbed me from seeing what I do and utilizing what I do have. You ever feel robbed? self-sabotage that's a real thing where you live your life and you rob yourself because when you see god rightly you see yourself rightly you catch that when you see god rightly when you see god for who he is it's a mirror he'll show you who you are because our value comes from him when you realize my value comes from him and I am who he says I am because I believe in a God who created me. And if he creates me, he knows me better than I know myself. And if he knows me better than I know myself, then I can see myself the way he sees me. And so regardless of what anybody else says in my life, I can get up. I can get up. I can get up. Does anybody even want to get up this year? Do you want to get up? Why are you so used to being on the ground? He says that Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He threw aside his coat. I want you to understand this. His coat was probably the most valuable thing he had. Because as people would come by and he would beg, he would put that coat in his lap and they would throw change at him. In order to not lose change, it would hopefully hit that mat, It'd be, It hit that coat. It would be large enough to catch everything. But I'm telling you, when you throw that away and you realize I'm I'm done with that, I'm done with that. I've begged for too long, man. I'm done, I'm getting up, I'm coming to Jesus because if I don't, if I don't, what will happen? I need a vision for my life, a vision for my life. And if I don't have a vision for my life, I'm going to be right here on the ground. Right here on the ground. My favorite part about this text is he goes from sitting on the side of the road to walking on the road with Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to see again. I want to see again. And you're the only one that can do that for me. And I love this because it's such a human side of Jesus. Such a human side of Jesus. You know what he didn't do? He didn't put hands on him and everybody stretch a hand and we gonna pray and believe and increase your faith. He didn't do all that. Because faith doesn't always need a show. That's for somebody in here. Faith don't always need a show. He said, be on your way. Your faith has healed you. He wasn't sweating blood to see a miracle happen. He said, if you have enough faith to stand up and find your way to me, that's all I need. That's all I need. And Bartimaeus doesn't go back. That's that's for somebody. Bartimaeus doesn't go back to where he was. He walks on the road after Jesus. He walks on the road because when you fix my sight, when you fix my vision, I know who to follow. When you fix my vision, I know who to follow. Yeah. And he follows Jesus on the road. If you can stand with me this morning, he knows who to follow. He said, I I, I, I see you more clear. It's it's amazing to me. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the promised one. How is it a blind man has better vision than people who are following him? I see you for who you are. And it's not enough for me to just see you for who you are. I got to follow you. I got to follow the man who just didn't fix my sight. He fixed my life. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to be better or, or, or everything's going to be great. But when tough times come, I know who to follow because my eyes are fixed on him. My eyes are fixed on him. Does anybody in here, you want vision this morning, not just for the year. To Stop thinking so small. I'm, I'm talking about vision for your life to see Jesus for who he is and allow that to motivate your heart to follow after him. And I understand, you know, I say I'm casting a wide net because here's the reality. There's some of y'all who like, you're, you're thinking towards retirement and the reality is you think you can't get a vision. You thinking towards retirement and God's like, I'm not even done yet. I'm not even done with you yet. You're thinking about what is, what does the next five years look like? What am I gonna leave behind for my kid? Like, like that's where your mind's at already. And God's like, you've lived this long with a vision you made instead of one I gave. And God says, I'm not done with you yet. I don't care how old you are. He said, are you tired of living a visionless life? You're living from paycheck to paycheck. God said, I got a vision for your life. Do you want vision this morning? Do you want to see again? I know pain is your, taking your, vision, losing a loved one. I know that that can hurt. And for some of you, you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it. We've allowed pain to take our vision. We've allowed fear to take our vision. What could happen? Try this one on for size. Some of us, we take safety and security, robs of our, of our vision. God says, give up that job. You say, I ain't giving that up, man. That's financial security. I ain't giving that up. And God says, but I'll meet every need though, right? But I'll meet every need. You believe I'll meet every need, but you won't do what I called you to do. And it robs of a vision. With every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, I just, man, this felt so strongly. I know there's people in here. Like, I, I, I feel it. You had vision, man. You had vision. You believed it was from God. And something took it. And I'm here to tell you, you can get it back. You see God for who he is. You spend time with him. The Bible says that God directs our steps, but you're too afraid to take the steps. If that's you in here, I want to pray for you just real quick. I'm not going to to call you up or nothing like that, but if that's you in here, you say, go ahead. I had vision, but something along the way took my vision, took my vision. If that's you in here with nobody looking around, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm telling you, this is a moment where God says, I want to give you back something that the enemy took from you. Then there's those of you in here, you say, I never lived with a vision. I never lived with a vision. And I want a vision for my life. Stop thinking about how old you are. Stop thinking about what, what it is God can use you for and what He can. He told Moses, What's in your hand? If that's you this morning, you say, I wanna live with a vision. I want you to lift your hand, we're gonna pray. Father God, I thank you for every hand that's lifted, God. I pray, Lord, that before you give them a vision for their life, I pray you give them a vision for who you are, that they would be like Zacchaeus when they climb that tree and trying to get a better view of who you are so they could see you more clearly, God. I pray, Lord, that you give them vision, supernatural vision. See past their problems. See past, past barriers. That they would see you for who you are. And from there, God, it would motivate them to seek you more, to see you more, and to walk the way you called them to walk, God. We pray, Father God, for a move of your spirit this morning. We're not going to restrict you. We're not going to put you in a box, God. We're going to say, have your way this morning. I pray vision. I want to see again would be the statement of their year. I want to see again when something tries to rob them. I want to see again. Don't let it take my vision. In Jesus' name.